to A Favor for Freddie, a feel-good podcast inspired by a dog who we believe could change the world. He absolutely changed ours. I'm your host, Jill, and I'm thrilled to introduce our very first A Favor for Freddie guest, veterinarian Dr. Lucinda Hodges. Thank you so much, Dr. Hodges, for taking the time to speak with us today. You're quite welcome. How are you holding up during the pandemic? Uh, we're fortunate to be doing quite well um, here in Virginia. Veterinarians are considered essential business. And right now, uh, myself and my staff are all healthy, uh, so we're able to keep doing what we do. Awesome. That's so wonderful. Let me ask you, how do you pronounce the part of Virginia you are in? Uh, it's called Roanoke. Roanoke. I told myself not to even attempt that. <laughs> <laughs> Doing some research on you, I noticed your Facebook profile and your husband's are both photos of your dogs, Desi and Bear, respectively. That is relationship goals. Thank you for the inspiration. Thank you. I also found that not only are you top-notch at work, but you are a stellar nature photographer. Is this something you're trained in or is it a hobby? Uh, just a hobby, and I can't take credit for the photos. Most of the photos are my husband. He does the photography, but you know, we, we love taking pictures of birds and, and pekingeses. Of course. Those are optimal subjects. Tell me about your practice, Harris Animal Hospital. I've owned the hospital now for 10 years, okay. um, but I've been working there since I graduated vet school 28 years ago. Wow. I saw your special interests lie in dental work, geriatrics, behavioral counseling, and hospice care. Do you, do you generally gravitate towards tougher assignments? I mean, those are very difficult arenas and, and not one that many people would want to touch. Well, they're just things that are, are near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. so I think those are all areas where I can make a huge impact in tech lives. Um, you know, dental care can extend their lives. Um, behavior is the number one reason for euthanasia. So if we can step in before that vet mm -hmm. is having behavior issues or help them, then I can save their lives. And once they're at the end of their life, the geriatric and hospice care, that's when they need us the most. That's when they've given their whole life to us, and we want to give them all the quality time we can. I wish you were closer to me so I could take my pups to you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start with questions relating to what is on everybody's mind, which is COVID-19. Yes. Can my pets be infected with the coronavirus that causes COVID-19? All of our current information does not suggest that pets can get COVID-19. Okay. There are just a few, literally four reported cases in the entire world of any pet who tested positive, and of those, three were in China, one was in Belgium. Um, the cat in Belgium had some illness, it recovered, nobody really knows if it was COVID or not. And that's it. So right now, the stance of the American Veterinary Medical Association is our pets do not get COVID virus. So they're not sure if it actually is COVID? Why, why are they saying that they think it is? Is it because it's the similar symptoms or... Or they were around. The, the cats 
pets that were tested were all pets who were in the home of a person who had an active COVID infection. And the two dogs never got ill, but just a nasal swab came out positive. Uh, but they never showed a single symptom. Nobody really knows how to interpret that or not. But they did not get sick. Uh, one of the cats, same thing, nasal swab positive, never got sick. Mm-hmm. The only one who had any illness was in Belgium. And the reports don't really mention what the illness was or whether we thought it was COVID or not. So I hate to be vague about that, but that's all we know about this one cat in Belgium. Can people with the virus transfer it to pets' hair when they pet them and in turn could that transfer to a human? Hair is very, very low risk to transmit the virus um, because it's kind of porous, it draws the virus out, it doesn't like to live in hair. So not a big issue with with the hair, but be cautious of any clothing the dog is wearing, like a collar or a leash, particularly the metal parts of that collar or leash, the the snap, which is where everyone touches with your hand, and metal surfaces can harbor uh, coronavirus for extended periods of time. Actually, that was my next question. After we take our dogs out for a walk, we wipe their paws down. Should sanitizing their leashes and harnesses be a part of that cleaning regimen? It's just just good basic hygiene, although unless someone is out and touches their collar or leash, they're not really likely to pick it up from the air. Uh, We worry about it more in a hospital setting because Mm. every owner who brings their pet in, we have to consider could potentially harbor the virus. And the snap is the part that they're touching when they put that collar and leash on the pet. We do require they take off their clothing uh, for the dog, and we use our own leash to bring them into the hospital just so we don't um, bring it into our employees. Is this standard by the CDC, or, or is it what you've enacted yourself? I don't know that that's a standard from the CDC yet. This is all new territory for all of us. Sure. Um, but it has been a recommendation by some other current experts, particularly at the, we're following the protocol that the Virginia Maryland Regional College of Veterinary Medicine is following uh, with their intake of pets so we can decrease our risk. So one last question on this topic, and it's a tad morbid. With everything happening and sometimes expeditiously, do you recommend having some sort of COVID-19 plan in place for your pet's welfare? Yes, uh, absolutely, because if you do get sick with COVID, the current recommendation by the American Veterinary Medical Association is out of, and this is their quote, abundance of caution, have someone else care for your pet, know that you're not feeding them, um, don't kiss them, um, hug on them, don't give them any of your own food, just so we can be extra cautious about any chance of spread. Even though we don't currently think they can get this virus, I think that's just wise. And the biggest thing is have someone prepared to care for your pet if you end up hospitalized. Uh, that's what's really tough because you may be in there for weeks and weeks mm-hmm. and that you want to plan in place for care for your pet. That's very good advice. Let's delve into other topics. When should pets start getting senior blood panels? That depends on the size of the pet. A small Pekingese-sized dog um, I, or cat, I would consider senior in the seven range. But a larger dog, like a Great Dane, they don't live as long. 
to about four or five, they are seniors and should start having senior checkups. So if something is off on their levels that come back from the blood tests, which are the most concerning and should be further checked on? One of the biggest things I'm checking out is evidence of kidney dysfunction. And we do currently have a test called SDMA that will pick up evidence of kidney problems at 25%, which is way better than any test we've ever had. It used to be 60 to 70% kidney loss before we could even find it. At 25%, I can do a lot to help slow down that progression, even potentially by years, sometimes with something as simple as changing the diet that the pet is on. And, and this is included in the senior blood panel? Yes, that is in all the senior blood panels that we do. Actually, even in the junior blood panels, uh, sometimes you will find kidney disease that you don't expect, even in a very young dog. We will continue our interview with Dr. Hodges after a word about a product we could not have done without. When Freddie was sick, he lost the desire to eat. Appetite stimulants, bacon bribing, all of his favorite foods and snacks elicited only apathy. All but one. Grove Naturals. He never passed up a Mandy's Pineapple Paradise or an olive chicken papaya wrap. Not only are they committed to high-quality, human-grade products, I believe they sprinkle it with magic. But Freddie knew. It was a creation of love. That's what he was drawn to. That's what he exuded. That's why they were a perfect complement to each other. Try this love in a snack for your pets. Find them at grovenaturals.com and follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Why don't veterinarians practice alternative therapies? I think that there's two reasons for that. Mm-hmm. The biggest one is lack of exposure in veterinary school. Uh, that's pretty much traditional medicine. Uh, you're not really taught a lot about holistic medications or acupuncture. So if you want to do that, you're going to have to come out and put in a lot of extra time um, to become knowledgeable in those areas, okay. um, which I certainly think they have potential to help many pets. The other factor is insurance, uh, which although pet insurance is still in its infancy, Mm -hmm. many of the policies that some of my clients have will not cover alternative therapies. So that makes it even more challenging. In that same vein, do you have any thoughts about CBD oil or can you even discuss that? As of January, I can now talk about CPT. Before that, I couldn't even talk about it. So we do mention that while we don't have clear-cut studies, there certainly are some things to suggest Mm -hmm. that it might be beneficial with things like, I have to say joint health. I can't even say arthritis. I have to say (laughs) it might help with joint health and with pain control. So that is also in its infancy. And I do think that proper formulations of CBD oil are going to become more and more common and be able to help our pets. The toughest part with that is there is so much out there that is being sold that is literally 
worthless. Um, mm. They just call it hemp, and it may have nothing in it that's going to help your pet at all. Mm. Um, I definitely advise if you're in a state where your veterinarian can talk to you mm-hmm. uh, about this, to talk to them. And there's only a few brands I really trust that have been well studied um, that are going to do what they say they're going to do. Okay. Um, I would like to get some of that information from you after. Um, I will be happy to tell you. (laughs) Will vets consider a virtual video appointment for basic symptoms? I think many vets will, and I think that will become more and more common, particularly in this challenging time of social distancing. Yes. But one of the biggest problems that we have with that is we are afraid that we're going to miss something because there are so many things that we cannot tell from a video or a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, I recently saw um, a very nice poodle whose owner had called and made an appointment for what she thought was a simple skin rash. Okay. Sounds easy enough. I should be able to look at that on a video, get you some antibiotics and cream. Because I had seen this dog. I wouldn't even consider it mm-hmm. if it wasn't um, someone who was an active client. Mm-hmm. But when that dog came in for her physical, she did not have a skin rash. She had bruising under her skin, mm-hmm. which was an indication of a life-threatening autoimmune issue. She could not clot her blood. Oh. Had I sent her home with some antibiotics based on a video, um, she would have died within days. And that would have truly haunted me. Of course. I think that is that biggest fear. It's not that we don't want to help you. Mm -hmm. It's that we don't want to hurt your pet. Uh, What question do you wish people would ask you? How do I brush my pet's teeth? (laughs) I I love teaching people to brush teeth, and dental care is so important. Our pets live years longer just by doing proper dental care. How often do you suggest a dental? That depends Mm -hmm. on the pet. Uh, There are some pets that may only need a dental cleaning every few years. Mm. There are other dogs that have really high-risk teeth in certain breeds, the smaller breeds like Pekingese and Poodle. Sometimes they need literally a dental every 6 to 12 months Mm. in order to keep teeth healthy. So how do you actually teach your clients how to brush their dog's teeth? I have them start uh, mm-hmm. with either a gauze square on their finger or the little finger brush because I think those are less intimidating than a toothbrush at the beginning and have them find a toothpaste flavor that pet like. Um, there's a chicken flavor, but there's a lot of other flavors out there. And I'll have them start just by rubbing the front teeth a little bit and praise. It's so important to go slow. Tell your pet how much you love them. <laughs> um, make it fun instead of a chore. And then as they get more and more used to it, um, I'll actually slip my finger back along their outer teeth and just rub up and down and back and forth. Everybody's really worried about the fact their dog won't open their mouth. They can't get the inside. 
the dog's tongue keeps it inside pretty clean. You don't have to worry about that as much. But you can just get back in there and swipe back and forth on those back molars and, and the front incisors. It's going to help a lot. Well, that's good to know because I do that every night. And my pets actually think their toothpaste is a snack, is part of their snack regimen. Yeah. So it's wonderful. It's part of their treat. We would like to start a tradition here at A Favor for Freddie by ending our interviews with these three questions. How do you believe kindness can change the world? I think kindness becomes contagious. Uh, We do one kind thing, that person does a kind thing, the next person does a kind thing. It just, it spreads. Of course, kindness is the good kind of contagious. Uh, Tell me a time that you have extended kindness to someone or something. Um, Not too long ago, I had a long-term client with two um, elderly dogs who developed liver cancer. And he had no one who could help him take care of his pet. So we took both of them into the hospital, one with a poodle, one with a Pekingese, um, and cared for them for months uh, while he was battling cancer. Uh, we took pictures of them in little Easter hats, little St. Patrick's Day hats and things to, to cheer him up, mm. uh, which his nurses told me he'd get beside his bed uh, until the day that he died. Um, and once they passed away... Um, even though one was 17, and kind of in failing health, we were able to find them wonderful homes. In fact, even the 17-year-old I'm in contact with them, uh, she is still alive oh, wow. and still enjoying her life. Oh, that is so beautiful. Final question. How were you impacted by someone's knowing or unknowing act of kindness towards you? Oh, this is just a, a simple little thing. It, it wasn't anything big, but it made a huge difference um, mm-hmm. in my perspective and, and restored my faith in humanity recently. <laughs> with all of our challenging times right now with supplies and people fighting over toilet paper, mm-hmm. I had to go out to find a fall spray from the elderly mother who we help care for. And every store in Roanoke was out of Lysol. Finally ended up at Lowe's and was walking back towards the cleaning section when a lady who was in front of me, clearly on the mission, you kind of breezed past me, went straight to the aisle and scooped up the last five cans of Lysol that were there. Oh, no. And I was just like, well, I'm just going to have to tell my mom there's no Lysol to be had. Uh, and she turned around and she saw me standing there, and I probably looked a little bit crushed. And she said, are you going to get some Lysol? And I said, yes, I, I was. And she handed me a can of Lysol, which totally blew me away because I did not expect that at all. And um, it it was a kindness that made me want to go on and do something nice for someone else. (laughs) You want to continue that. It's a beautiful thing. Just a simple tip can change the world. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you, Dr. Hodges, for your time and knowledge. I and I'm sure anyone who listens to this will feel more enlightened to do the very best for the well-being of their pets. You're quite welcome. An addendum to my interview with Dr. Hodges, which we recorded on April 5th, 
Dr. Hodges states, since we last spoke, there has been some concern that cats may be susceptible to COVID, but there are only reports of illness in the one cat in Belgium and some big cats at the Bronx Zoo. Her personal belief is that if cats were very susceptible, we would be seeing far more cases given the hundreds of thousands of people that are infected. She will keep us abreast of any other developments, which I will update for you on afavorforfreddy.org. What made me smile was my friend Ricky had a dance, he's a DJ and he had a dance party online. That's and amazing. we all went and that was fun. When happy, I'm happy. Watching half enjoy life. That's what makes me smile. There's something about videos of dogs and cats that just, just makes me smile. Our neighbor has a four-year-old daughter and she learned to ride a two-wheel bike at four years old. And we were all part of seeing her learn to ride for the first time and cheer her on. You know, when we exercise, it makes me smile because mom is out there walking now. My dogs make me smile. We all discovered Zoom. So now we have our Zoom happy hours every single week on Friday. So we get to see everybody and find out what's going on with them. Oh, it has to be the puppies. Bring us so much happiness and joy and laughter. It's just unbelievable. I have been looking at pictures of Freddie. Through Freddie, I made a lot of friends. In the end, it is the little things that make us smile. And dogs. Like a little Pekingese with the biggest heart. Until forever, Freddie. Thank you, healthcare, frontline, and essential workers. We are so humbled and eternally grateful for you. Please stay safe. Music written and performed by Alex Guzman with additional vocals by Jamie Channel Guzman. This episode is hosted and produced by me, Jill Kaneshiro. A heartfelt thank you to our listeners, donors, and Patreons. For more information, visit afavorforfreddy.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs>